Hi, this is Jeff Siegel, and this is Advocate Radio. And today, Rick Womry, our publisher, and I are talking to Dave Leventhal, the City Hall reporter for the Dallas Morning News. Dave, it's uh, very nice to have you here. Pleasure to be here. And thank you for coming. And uh, Rick, um, I want to make sure we introduce you this time. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Well, it wasn't your fault that I forgot to introduce myself last time, so. <laughs> and we've got Dave in here today to talk about one of my favorite topics, the Dallas City budget. There's a big headline in the Morning News today, a $100 million deficit. Um, the city, uh, apparently the budget projections were just a wee bit off. And Dave, uh, maybe you could give us just a quick overview of what has suddenly been discovered and then we can talk a little bit about how this happened and, and what we're going to see from that. The city goes through a, a, a constant cycle. As soon as they get their budget done for one year, they start working on the budget for the next year. It's a, it's a huge budget, you know, nearly $3 billion. Uh, which you would expect from a large city. But early last year, rather late last year, the, 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 the economy wasn't that bad. It wasn't surely as bad as it is today. And, and the city was putting out somewhat rosier numbers or, or long-term projections than, uh, than they currently are now. Uh, things, frankly, have just dropped off a cliff. And now the city is saying, look, we, we need to prepare, and we need to prepare ourselves for potentially a, a 100 million dollar budget gap when we start working in earnest on our 2009-2010 budget which will hit the city council's desk in in august so there's still some time there there's several months here that that they're going to go through numbers and and try to work things and consider cuts uh, the, the real work will, will be done over the summer and into september but bottom line things are just not looking good right now what is effect is this going to have on the budget that finishes up in August, uh, in September of this year, which is already looking a little shaky on some of the sales tax? Are they going to practice on this budget with cuts? Well, they're, they're going to have to, to have it balance out one way or another, and uh, they, they pass a balanced budget, uh, but, but that was in September of last year when they passed it. So they're constantly monitoring, monitoring revenues. Uh, the city could take uh, a number of actions in order to address the current year budget if it runs into trouble, uh, you know, ultimately when, when they have to, to close their books, and you're looking at hiring freezes, you're looking at job cuts. None of this has happened yet. Uh, none, none of this is uh, imminent yet, but uh, it, it could be. So what happened? Is it just a function of the economy? Uh, is it a function of there are other things on the agenda and we didn't pay enough attention? I mean, is, uh, you know, maybe it's just me being you know, cranky and cynical, but this seemed kind of obvious that these things were going to happen. To an extent, uh, but if you look back in, say, August or September of last year, and you compare that to today, you're looking at a very, very, very different scenario, uh, one to the next. And back in September, the projections were, were just not as bleak as they were today, and the realities weren't as bleak either. Uh, when, when you're trying to put a budget together and, and use your, your best data and your best guesses, which is really what, what a budget is, you are your best guess on, on what's going to happen over the next year. Uh, they, they surely weren't envisioning the collapsing of the U.S. financial industry or the banking industry. Uh, they, they weren't uh, talking about uh, federal stimulus packages. They weren't talking about bailout packages. Uh, we hadn't even elected a president yet, uh, and, and, and of course policy could have been very different if John McCain had been president versus Barack Obama. So you, you put all these variables into a pot, 
you, you, you get things going forward as, as best as you can and, and, and you make your best guess and a lot's changed in a few months. You know, how long have you been covering City Hall Day? Almost six years. So you've seen this, now what, five cycles yep. of this? Okay, now last year, I think the, the proposed, this is, well not the suspected, that doesn't sound right, the, <laughs> the uh, uh, originally announced deficit was about 50 million. And then it kind of ended up getting closed so that, you know, the numbers all were pretty hunky-dory at the end and everybody didn't have to raise taxes and they were all pretty happy. Okay, now they throw out the $100 million number. I mean, Mary Sue, I think, has done a great job of managing expectations is kind of what we call it when we're selling advertising. Is that a case here where maybe this $100 million is more of a phantom number and everybody will look like a hero if she gets it whittled down to and, 50 And she took a lot of heat for that last year, too. And, and even some council members said, well, $50 million, it was $50 million a couple months ago, and, and now it's 25 and now it's 12 and et cetera, et cetera. So to an extent, you know, so some of this is just, hey, it, we're telling you that this is a, a bad situation. We do not know to the decimal point exactly how bad the situation is, but our best guess based on our projection of all these variables all over the place is $100 million. Will that number go down? Well, of course it's going to go down because they have to balance their budget by the end of the year. How they get there, well, those are the decisions that are going to, to have to be made. Uh, and sure, you, you may have revenues come in that the city hasn't expected now. There may be things on the table that they're just simply not considering that they may consider two months from now. You know, who knows what that is? In, in recent years, they've done everything from uh, new soda contracts with Dr. Pepper to selling advertisements and, and city vehicles. If you recall from last year's budget, uh, they if you crash your car, if you live in, say, Capel, you come into Dallas, you crash your car, and the city of Dallas sends a fire truck out to take care of you, you're going to pay the city now to have that emergency service come and, and service your situation. Well, that wasn't the case a year ago. So all these little you know things, nickel and diamond it here and there, ultimately you get yourself to a balanced budget. Uh, $100 million, if that number is true, and, and again, it is a phantom number. Well, that's uh, a, but, lot, that's a that, lot of Dr. Pepper, that's for sure. <laughs> that sure is a lot of Dr. Pepper. I mean, if I'm a city employee sitting here now listening to the podcast or reading the morning news stories, how worried should I be? I, I think everyone has to be worried. Uh, it, $100 million is a lot different than $50 million. The city really pulled out every trick that they could last year, which was not a good budget year, uh, especially compared to some in, in recent years uh, in the middle of the decade. Uh, so those, those Dr. Pepper contracts and, and, and some of those other uh, tricks, million dollars here, $500,000 there, a lot of that is off the table. So what's next? Well, you either raise taxes or you cut services. Those are the two major ways that, that you can get a budget into balance in a bad year and, and have some serious dollars move one way or another. So if I'm a city employee, uh, yeah, I, I would be a little concerned because I could be looking potentially at my health care benefits going up. I could be looking at my department being reduced in terms of the staffing. And that equates to wage freezes. That equates to potentially job losses. Has any of this been decided yet? No. Are all these things on the table? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the two things that the people in the neighborhoods and our neighborhoods care the most about. And that's the cops, and especially the 200 additional cops that the mayor promised, and uh, code enforcement, those sorts of things. And I know, and, I'll, and I don't often throw around compliments, but I do know that uh, the city manager, uh, Manager Soom, has done 
a fairly impressive job of getting the code enforcement staff back up to some sort of numbers where they can actually do their job. Because as recently as three or four years ago, I think there were about four people uh, working there and they all had seeing eye dogs. Uh, it, was, it was bad. And there seemed to be, they seemed to be almost at full strength, they seemed to be hiring. If this budget is as bad as it looks, and I think it's, I think it's actually worse than it looks, but like I say, I'm just a cynic. Uh, I mean, are we going to lose some of those cops? Are we going to lose some of that code enforcement? As recently as yesterday, Mayor Tom Leppard told us, I would rather raise taxes than cut into our program of over four years hiring 200 new police positions every year. So take him at his word or not, but that's what he's saying as of today with, with the data that the city has today. Uh, could that situation, of course, change a few months from now? Of course. Uh, but, but I think what that speaks to is, is, a, is a real uh, disinterest in, in straying from that plan of increasing by 800 police positions in four years uh, the, the city's policing force. So I would expect that if cuts are going to be made, if jobs are going to be lost, the police department, uh, and, and by virtue of public safety, the fire department would, would sort of be the, the, the last places that city leaders would actually go to consider cuts. Now, is the city going to have to go and perhaps say, well, we can't do 200 this year. We can only do 100 or add 50 positions. That's, that's a possibility. Nobody's saying that right now, but, but it is a possibility. Code enforcement gets a little stickier. They, last year they, they had a real big push. Uh, I believe the numbers were 30 new code enforcement officers plus 20 animal service officers. Uh, that, that, that's a pretty big investment relative to some of the things that uh, they put toward code enforcement in recent years. So I'm not surprised that this particular neighborhood is seeing it. All over the city, neighborhoods are saying, yeah, you know, our service is a lot better than, than it was even a year ago because well, we have more bodies. <laughs> we have more feet on the ground. People are actually going by, and if you have three people patrolling my neighborhood, that's going to be a lot better than if I had one person or half a person patrolling my neighborhood. Is that going to be on the chopping block too, though? Well, I don't know if that's quite as high a priority, despite council members like Angela Hunt, for example, saying that it should be as high a priority as public safety. I don't know if every council member is like-minded. You know, speaking of the council members individually, I mean, the budget's a pretty complicated thing, and I mean, it's like any other issue. Some council members are going to be a little more attuned and aware of what's going on with the budget, and others are going to probably be more followers. I mean, which two or three council members would you say we should watch what they're saying to get a clue for what's really going to happen at the end of the budget cycle? Well, first of all, the ones who are still going to be there. Uh, we, <laughs> we, yeah, that's true. We, there could be a lot of turnover. La there? Last year, it, it, it wasn't a council year, uh, council election year. So we've, we've got two positions, definitely, Elba Garcia and Mitchell Rosansky, who have served on the council for eight years. Uh, they're term limited. So they're, they're going to have uh, two freshman representatives in, in those districts. And we have some pretty competitive races coming up uh, with uh, well, races uh, even around this area, but especially in the southern sector, you could have an influx of, of new council members coming in who have never dealt with a budget before. Uh, they, you wouldn't know what to expect from them. They would be seeing this all for the first time, at least at, at a level as intimate as, as they would be seeing it now. But to answer your question, obviously you have to take the lead from, from the mayor on this. Uh, he, he's going to be the one uh, on the council who, as he did last year, really drive the agenda uh, along with the city manager. And you have several other council members who, who have been there a while. Steve Salazar, I bet, is going to, uh, a very long-term council member, uh, will, will be pretty proactive. 
and uh, you know, of course, you, you have Sheffy Gadain, uh, who, who's got a year under his belt. You've got Jerry Allen, who's got a year under his belt and is a banker and uh, is very interested in finances. So, you know, although they're not always the most vocal council members, uh, after you have two years under your belt, after you have a little experience, after you have a little seniority, then uh, oftentimes, like I think you saw with Pauline Madrano in District 2, you become a little more vocal. You, you'll, uh, you'll assert yourself a little bit more. Does this council have the political guts to do what needs to be done with the budget? Or will they sit back and let the mayor tell them what they need to do, which seems to be their favorite thing to do? Well, it, it depends you know, on what you think needs to be done with the budget. Uh, if, if politics is about priorities <laughs> and uh, if you ask 100 people in Dallas, well, you know, talk on it, what is the most important thing to you in the city of Dallas or that the city of Dallas government can do, you're, you're probably going to get 100 at least slightly different answers. Uh, and, I think everyone's going to be behind the convention center. <laughs> Other than that, maybe. I, 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 you, you'll get 100 different answers on that. Uh, but. You know, Ron Natinsky uh, in, in District 12, Linda Coop in Dis District 11, two, two North Dallas areas, I, I, to kind of touch on the previous question, they're, they've been there several years now, and, uh, and they are very vocal. Uh, they, you know, agree with them or not, they, they really pour over this data, and they, they really, you know, try to, to get deep into these issues. I, I think, you know, four or five months from now, the mayor is just not going to have carte blanche. Uh, he, he will have a council that, that is really going to be uh, talkative, very chatty uh, when, when it comes to, to determining what those priorities actually are. They don't have the luxury of a nice, cushy budget with money coming in and, hey, you know, we've, we've, got, we've got a million here and a million there. Do we, do we stick it in public safety? Do we stick it in environmental, you know, issues? Do we put it here? Do we put it there? They're talking about cutting all over the place and that's when emotions begin to run high assuming you're right and assuming that maybe it is a little more talkative council <laughs> how do you think that's going to affect the mayor's leadership style it's hard to say at this point because he he hasn't in in his nearly two years as a mayor face a situation quite like this one and one that's very dire uh, again last year's budget was was a relatively easy budget year when you compare them to say very early this decade when the city was cutting positions all over the place uh, they they had money that that they could invest in like we talked about public safety and code enforcement and in a few other areas uh, they didn't have to cut jobs in uh, this year he's he's dealing with a with a whole slate of of new problems that he as at least a public official has never dealt with now he's a businessman uh, he he ran Turner Corporation, the construction company. He ran business out in Hawaii. Uh, will he be able to draw on that experience and apply that to the public sector? Well, maybe, but is that a good thing or a bad thing, given how businesses have been run you know, in, in the past year in this country? Um, one thing that he does have, and I think that will hold true uh, just based on his track record, uh, is that he, he's very deliberative, uh, whether he agrees with council members or not. Uh, he keeps open lines of communication. Uh, you know, Angela Hunt and Tom Leppard on many issues are about as divided as two council members could be, but they are on speaking terms. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a situation where, although it's bleak, 
although people are worried, although you're looking at some things that uh, are, are pretty unpalatable uh, as far as services being potentially cut or, or whatnot, I think you have a council, at least as it is constituted today, that is at least willing to work with one another to, to some degree. You're not looking at a council like you had maybe three or four years ago where these guys are just at each other's throats constantly. Well, it was entertaining back then. It was a heck of a lot more entertaining back then. Actually, Did business get <laughs> Actually, you just took the words out of my mouth because the next question I was going to ask was compared to a Laura Miller-led city council when she was mayor and they literally could not stand each other and you could watch them all glaring at each other at, at the meetings. As much of a crisis as this is, there's at least a hope that they can sit down together and work it out. Is that what you're saying? Well, it, it's just a different style. And, and some people would say that a, a council that, that was constantly you know, at each other's throats wasn't even the worst thing in the world because, well, you, you had districts. This is a 14-1 system. Every area of the city geographically has its representative. And, and it, was a, it was a council that, you know, had members that very robustly represented their districts. Uh, now, it was ugly as a sausage was being made, but at the end of the day, they still did get things done. And, uh, you know, the, there was a lot of development in this area and that, and you could go on forever about, you know, good things or bad things that happened during, during those years. But stylistically, this council is, is much more of a, a unity council where they want to make decisions collectively, and maybe you'll have a Mitchell Rosansky be that lone descent. You maybe you'll have Angela Hunt be that lone descent, but you're not getting these, you know, eight to seven votes all the time or, or, or anything of the sort where, where the council is just very, very, very divided. Well, I think you're giving the council a lot of credit there on, on, on collaboration and collective, coll working together collectively. Sometimes I think some of them are just very confused. Um, okay. Uh, listen, I just want to get the radio plug in here because, you know, we gotta, we got to do that. This is Advocate Radio. We're talking to Dave Leventhal, the City Hall reporter uh, for the Dallas Morning News. And uh, you can always send us an email. That would be podcast at advocatemag.com. And I guess uh, we're just about ready to finish this thing up, Rick. Um, did we cover everything we needed to cover? Well, I think I've got one last question. I mean, it's two years, two and a half years, whatever, out from the next mayoral race. Is Leopard going to run again, in your opinion? And who do you think the big challenger would be for the race if he does? Well, I wouldn't want to predict the future. I, I can tell you what he has said. Uh, he, he has, uh, as of last year, had a re-election campaign uh, committee established. It's raising money. It did raise money last year uh, when the last round of uh, campaign finance reports came out. There has been some speculation uh, about him potentially seeking uh, w what's going to be an open Senate seat uh, for, for Texas. Well, didn't he say somebody had to ask him first? Well, <laughs> and, and, and that's one thing. It, 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 it's difficult to run for Senate. You, you've got to have you've got to have an establishment behind you. And sure, he may have an establishment in Dallas, but so he might be stuck running for mayor again. Houston, San Antonio, <laughs> El Paso, and every other city. Nobody knows who Tom Leppard is, which is not a prerequisite for running for Senate, of course. But uh, you know, it's difficult. He uh, he he likes Dallas. Uh, he. His rhetoric or statements that he's made over the past few years has indicated that he would like to stay in Dallas politics uh, and that he doesn't have any plans beyond Dallas politics. Again, uh, he's a politician, and uh, what one says one day about their political future may change uh, very sharply the, the next. Um, but at this point, there is no action that, that, you, that you see on the ground that would indicate that, that he's got his eye on a higher office. Uh, so take that for what it is. Okay. So uh, when he runs again, who do you see, real quick, as his opponent? 
Angela Hunt at this point is the only person to, to have told me I'm open to the idea. Now, whether she actually goes through with that, she on the council, without question, uh, probably has the, the, the most active, uh, energetic uh, constituency of any council member at this point. People really love her. We, we did a survey on, on our blog about uh, who's, your, who's your favorite, who's the best council member uh, and, and most uh, successful council member uh, on the Dallas City Council. She won hands down. She, she wiped the floor with the mayor and every other <laughs> council member. So, but that's District 14, which is a very active district. <laughs> Uh, gets into your area a bit, and uh, you know people really care about their issues there, uh, maybe more so than, than a lot of places in the city. Uh, does that mean that she is going to run for it? I think she'll think about it. I think she is thinking about it. She's said as much, uh, but but it's a, it, it's a big gap between thinking about it and, and actually doing it. And as Rick always likes to say, she has to raise the money. Hey, listen, Dave, thank you very much. I appreciate this. Uh, if you don't mind, we'll have you back again in a, in a bit. Uh, couple of months, six weeks, something like that, see uh, what the situation is. Well, thank you. It'd be my pleasure. Okay. Thank you, Rick, as always. As always, glad to be here. This is Jeff Siegel. This is Advocate Radio, where it's all about the neighborhood. Thanks very much for listening.